0: hit a backhand slice, or type with all ten of your fingers and not just your thumbs, one of the most common ways to set practice goals is to do so in units of time or a certain number of repetitions. Something like, I'm going to practice scales and arpeggios for 20 minutes every morning, or I'm going to do five repetitions of each shift between first and fourth position in my Yoast shifting book. On the surface, both of these goals seem pretty similar, but could they have different effects on learning? Let's say that you had to pick one approach for structuring your music practice for the week or for assigning practice homework to a student you teach. Which do you think would lead to higher quality practice and result in more practice room gains over the course of the week? Or could there be an even better way? A study which looked at surgical training provides some answers on which approach might be best. 30 first- and second-year medical students were tasked with learning a surgical knot-tying procedure. All participants started off by watching a video of the procedure. Then they tried to put what they just saw into practice without any instruction or guidance. This served as their pretest and established a baseline level of performance. Next, the students were randomly assigned to one of three different groups, each of which used a different approach to practice. The time group was told to practice a procedure for 90 minutes. The repetition group was instructed to complete 12 repetitions of the procedure. In a third group, the proficiency group was told to practice until they could successfully A. complete the procedure within 3 minutes, B. place the stitch within one millimeter of the marked target, and C. tie a secure knot on two consecutive repetitions. After practicing, everyone performed the task one last time to see how much improvement they made over the course of their practice session. So, which group improved the most? All three groups improved their scores, but one group improved significantly more than the others. The time group improved by approximately 395 points from pretest to post test. The repetition group improved by about 317 points from before to after. But the proficiency group improved by a whopping 496 points a much bigger and statistically significant increase in performance relative to the other two groups. And there was another interesting benefit of the proficiency-based approach to learning too. Specifically, the standard deviation of the proficiency group scores was much lower than that of the other groups. The proficiency group had a standard deviation of just under 48, while the repetition group's standard deviation was just over 111, and the time group's standard deviation score was around 126. And why is this so cool? Well, this is basically a fancy way of saying that everyone's final performances in the proficiency group were pretty even, and that despite starting out by performing at very different levels on their initial practice attempt, because the standard deviation of the proficiency group's initial practice attempt was about 131, by the end of practice, they were all able to perform at a pretty similar level. Meanwhile, the post practice scores in the other groups were all over the place. Some students got to a high level, while other students struggled and performed poorly, some were in the middle. In other words, there's a lot more variation in the final performance scores of the students in the time and repetition groups. Of course, this would only be a fair comparison if the three groups spent about the same amount of time practicing and completed a similar number of repetitions, right? Fortunately, all three groups' practice metrics were pretty much the same. The time group practiced for 90 minutes and averaged just under 11 practice repetitions within that time. The repetition group did 12 repetitions, which took them about 99 minutes on average to complete. And the proficiency group completed an average of 11.9 repetitions and spent about 89 minutes practicing. So how can we apply this to our own practice? Well, it's really easy and tempting to plan out our daily practice sessions around a target number of minutes or repetitions. And it's not like time and repetition goals are a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad way to assign practice homework. After all, the groups that practiced for time and repetition did improve also. But it does make sense that practicing for proficiency would lead to greater skill development than focusing on the clock. Having to focus on specific improvements and aiming for clearer goals does tend to lend itself more naturally to thoughtful, focused, deliberate practice. Because if it turns out that shifting from first to third position on the A-string is a breeze, you might get bored before you reach your time or repetition goal, and end up going through the motions and practicing mindlessly. Might as well stop when you've hit your proficiency goal and bank that time for something else on your practice to-do list. But how do you establish a proficiency goal? Like, how do you know when a passage is good enough that you can stop practicing and move on? The authors describe a process for establishing a set of mastery criteria that might work in music settings, too. Essentially, the idea is to observe experts performing a task, analyze the task itself, and then identify the most important aspects of the task that are indicators of a high level of performance. In music, this might involve listening to recordings, or working with your teacher to establish an intonation goal, or a particular quality of sound to aim for, or a certain tempo to work at. You could even set a goal for yourself to memorize a certain number of bars to a particular degree of fluidity and confidence in a certain span of time, all of which could also include more high-level yet integral aspects of musical performance, like phrasing, character, and so on. Ultimately, there are a ton of criteria that could be used as proficiency measures, but using them all could also be a bit paralyzing, so I suspect that the idea is to pick just a few to aim for, and to get those down first, after which you can continue to refine and include increasingly challenging criteria over time. is another way of saying that I think it's important to be mindful that the goal is to aim for a proficiency as you've defined it for this moment in time, and not perfection, whatever that is anyway. Because if the goal is perfection-oriented practice, we might never get a chance to stop and move on to the next passage. You can find links to this week’s study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com/block. You can also find a quick and dirty 30second summary of the study on Instagram at Bulletproof Musician. And if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week.